0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Scott Eklund from Dogman.com here at uh, I guess what three quarter court at uh, heck We're at, right
1: by the Washington Bank. Yeah, baby. yeah.
0: Me and Chris Fedders are sitting here after a practice, a final practice of the first week of spring ball. They're going to take a two and a half week break and then come back and and wrap up with twelve more practices. But. Uh, uh, Chris and I were not able to get into the room that we typically get in, so for the second straight practice, we are sitting courtside.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody <laughs> in Washington's kind of used to the to the to the routine yeah. now of of having early practices in March. Yeah. So I think everything is brand new. And I don't so, think we're used to it. Yeah. Because so. typ- typically, in, in in April, we'd be able to go in the team room and no one would be working or anything you know, like that, yeah. so we could do stuff. So we're improvising.
0: Yes, we are a little bit. So um, you know, last practice of uh, the first week of spring ball, uh, was about I don't know what two hours and fifteen minutes somewhere around there.
1: Typically, it's been running. Yeah. The, the schedule says it's supposed to go from eight thirty to ten forty-five. Yeah,
0: and it was roughly that today. But as
1: notice where yeah. this is. This gets posted a little bit later. Yeah, than that.
0: exactly. But um, a few. I guess the thing that kind of stood out to me today was the. It was a pretty lively practice, pretty chippy. There toward the end when they were doing some some uh, some team drills and um, part of that is because they were in, in pads for the first time.
1: Today. Yeah, they, what Rick Neuhausen would call light bulbs. Yeah, which is basically just shells and shorts. But yes, having some shoulder pads allows them to feel like they're uh, Superman again and invincible and do all those things. But so the the two things that definitely showed up in my mind overall from a, from a third practice, especially knowing that they're taking this break now, is that. I think there were definitely some guys that wanted to establish their authority and establish their presence. Mm-hmm. And so there was plenty of hitting going on. Um, definitely at the end, the last team period, there was a few different skirmishes. In fact, it kind of ended with a skirmish between, I think what you said, Thaddeus Dixon and Julius, Julius Bulo. Bulo. That
0: was the big one, but what really started it was Tybo Rogers had gotten a run up the middle yeah. and Dominic Hampton kind of swatted at the ball after the after the, they'd kind of blown the play dead. He kind of swatted at the ball and. Tybal Rogers was having none of that, so he throws the ball and hits yeah. him in the he, like right on the chin with it, and the refs that were on hand yeah. threw a flag because yeah. that would be a penalty, obviously. But um, Hampton didn't really react to it right away; he was like, "Really?" Yeah. kind of thing. And then, freshman, and then Dixon and uh, Bulow kind of started mouthing off to each other, and then that's when Dixon grabbed his uh, Bulow's face mask and. Bulow was Yeah, he ended on up without a with helmet. Him. Yeah, he ripped his helmet off. But there so. was two
1: or three different skirmishes near the end of practice, and there was one on the far side where you could see Bulow actually running mm-hmm. towards the skirmish on the sideline. Um, he, he was active in it. Um, you know, it's funny because it's – you know, you look at a guy like Tybo Rogers. I, Devin Bryant is a guy that flashed to me a lot oh, today, yeah, yeah. He had a good uh, practice, in, especially in the periods where they were allowed to, to make some contact. They had a you know a nine versus seven uh, type drill at the line of scrimmage between the offensive and defensive line, and it's just really like it's a leverage game, and they mm-hmm. try to go inside outside. And uh, he really he fits the he fits the run run gaps already pretty well, mm-hmm. um, at least in practice. I mean, we'll see you know what what happens in games, but. Um, it's interesting. Those freshmen, I think they understand. It's like this is the time where we need to, like, make sure those guys understand that they can't just roll us mm-hmm. and that we need to we need to show that we're a part of this team already. And uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of that.
0: Yeah. I, um, w- one thing that I no, – the Huskies had a few long opportunities for passes um, that were just off. Um, and both of them were by Michael Penix that I saw, the two oh. – that were just overthrown just a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, the only the only I saw, uh, there was one team session, I think, before the main one at the end where Jeremy Bernard caught a couple passes. He started to flash a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, and then Jalen McMillan had a really nice play on the yeah. sideline that was called in by the line judge. I don't know if oh, that it was. Oh, that was
0: McMillan? I had it, it was
1: Jackson. No, it was Jalen okay, McMillan. Gotcha. And. um and he caught it, and he really tightrope the sideline. So it was really like a bang, bang play. I was right there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell it, but the line on the on the back end was like, yeah, okay. that's a catch. That, those, to me, were the biggest plays of the day. But you're right, all the bomb plays and things, the couple that they connected on on Wednesday, they did not connect yeah. on today. So even though we thought the defense kind of won the day on Wednesday, I think the defense kind of almost won the day even a little bit more today.
0: Yeah they did. Um, They they definitely showed some flat. It it seems like the defense has come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Um, They know that they had missed tackles last year and one of the things I think the coaches have worked on with them and Chris I don't know if you've noticed this but I've noticed it in a couple of the pursuit drills the guys are rallying to the ball a lot quicker than they were last year. It seems like um i i remember seeing uh campton was playing free safety most of the day today and he uh saw something develop right away he and uh thaddeus dixon and the two linebackers both flowed to the outside now it still was going to end up being a seven yard catch and run by the running back out of the backfield but that's a play that maybe only one guy reacts to last year and if he doesn't make the play then it turns into a 20-yard tackle oh. or a 20-yard play But in this case, four guys are rallying to the ball, and I think that's something that we're going to see a little bit more of is them rallying to the ball a little bit
1: more. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, but I I think over in the past, in the years, especially in the teams that have ended up being really good, typically early in spring, like these first three practices or so, the defense always seems to have the jump Mm -hmm. on the offense. Now, I don't know how much of that is because Coach Grubb is maybe installing a couple new wrinkles. We've already seen a few can't talk about them but we've seen them we're like okay yeah that's interesting mm-hmm. um, so you know that they're kind of constantly installing some stuff and it's not like the defense isn't but it just feels like the best teams that have been here at Washington and maybe this is just a thing in college football anyway is that the defense always seems to have the upper hand early in camps both spring yeah. and fall yeah uh, and it seems like this is kind of the way it's been going so far at least this practice first practice offense did a nice job uh, I'd say, in the last two practices, it's not like the offense hasn't done a nice job. they've They've gotten some gains. But for the most Overall. part, over the top, yeah. the, the big threat plays, the splat they call it the splash plays, those have not been there. Mm-hmm. And when they have been there, they haven't been able to complete them.
0: Yeah. so um, you know, I think um, you know one one of the things that I uh, really focused on today was the um, edge work that got done today. Um, Zach Durfee got in there quite a bit.
1: He he finally started, I think, to show a yeah. little bit. And again,
0: with the with
1: there. the pads on, those guys at the line of scrimmage can can maybe assert themselves a little bit more aggressively. They had a good one on one period between the offensive and defensive line where the edge guys could go up against mm-hmm. some of the tackles. And so I saw, you know, Durfee. This was this was one of those interesting moments where you know talking to Scott Huff on Wednesday, he was talking about how some of these backup. Uh, linemen have been playing both guard and tackle on whatever side they're on. So like guard Memolar, for instance, he was, he was, you know, mostly a guard, but on these one-on-ones, he got shuffled out to, to tackle. And so he got to see guard Memolar go up against Zach Durfee. And it was a, it was a good one-on-one battle because they had two of them and uh guard got the first one, kind of hung him up a little bit. And then the second one, Durfee got his shoulders low and just was able to get around bend him. around him. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then, uh, um, I, I saw a rep with Zion Tupole Fatui against uh, against Roger Rosengarten and Roger Rosengarten got beat. Yeah. And uh, that and was a nice little uh, he went upfield and they spun inside and, and got and beat him on that and, and, and Braylon Trice Braylon also. Trice he had
1: he had a he had a rep against Rosengarten I saw where he was able to kind of push not to, you can't really do power mm-hmm. moves without full pads and I mean they, they kind of tell him not to do mm-hmm. that. But he was able to kind of beat him with a, with a pretty strong move. Um, it's I mean Rosengarten's still a phenomenal tackle yeah. as we all know, but I think we're really starting to show how this these edge guys together could be a pretty pretty fun unit to watch.
0: By the way, I don't uh, you you had gone off to talk to a, a, another coach, and we'll we'll talk about that here in a few minutes, but. Um, we asked about, he, he asked us if there are any guys we wanted to know about and their status. Talk about Coach DeBoer. Coach DeBoer, when we talked to him today. And one of the ones that was asked about was Jabar Muhammad, um, the transfer from Oklahoma State. That we have noted in, in several of our um, several of our write-ups that he just hasn't been participating in the team stuff. He yeah. did actually participate in the team He did stuff a little today. bit. He yeah. did a little bit today. And, and DeBoer said he got nicked up a little bit in um, winter workouts. And he said he's. We're just making sure that he's 100 percent healthy, so that uh, when we come back for. Um,
1: yeah, most of the guys that were getting the one reps that go at uh, at the corners were Dixon and Elijah Jackson yeah. that I saw. Yeah, so. Because Javon Green got he, a little banged up, I think on Wednesday. He was in yellow? Yeah, and he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't doing much at all. On, he at, had, had been running the ones most and of the, the he, time. He, yeah. he had been so that I know that that's got to be a. Uh, that's got to be a, par, a frustration yeah. for him, for sure. Yeah. So, did you, by the way, did you guys ask it all about? Um, uh, did you ask it all about um, Maurice Himes?
0: Maurice Himes, yes, we did, and um, and Deboer said, you know, he he was in team meetings last night, um, and the guys were all excited to see him back, and and and. Uh, you know, healthy and stuff. He's going to take some time to recover from what he went through, um, but it sounds like everything's going to be okay with him, and and uh, not something to, that people need to worry too much
1: yeah. about. That said, so. would be surprised if we saw him at all in spring.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I honestly think if we're going to see him, it'll be more like later in the later in like last week like before the spring game or something like that if we're going to see him so Introducing the Two-Way V4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2 way for yourself at newbalance.com.
1: Okay, picture this. It's
0: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H track, all wheel drive, and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details.
1: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: You know overall Chris, I mean first three practices, um, what has kind of stuck out to you over these last three practices?
1: Well you mentioned that that, that JBL was in yellow, Devon Banks has also been in yellow. Uh, offensively uh, uh, Sermon, Camden Sermon's been in yellow uh, Richard Newton's been in yellow um, and I think oh, Carson Bruner mm-hmm. has been in yellow his dad was here yep. today, Mark Bruner um, a lot of family members by the mm-hmm. way that were here so that kind of stuck out to me as well.
0: Yeah, I hadn't ever seen Asa Turner's mom uh, before but she was, she was on the sideline Chris Boston and um, Denzel Boston's dad. By the way, Denzel Boston ran with the yeah. ones all day today. Yeah, I
1: was going to talk about so, that. Yeah. It is interesting too because you can tell he knows his moment's kind of now mm-hmm. to really impact that group and try to push for a for a first team. Because there was one out route where he he didn't catch it, and I think it was kind of in front of the family members and stuff. He went back. He went back behind the line of scrimmage and was really. He, he looked like he was being pretty hard on himself for for missing that because I. I, that guy clearly takes pride in what he's doing, and mm-hmm. and like I said, I think he understands that this time is now for him to, to really make an impact.
0: Yeah. So, but Chris, back to the, is there anything that you know overarching things that you saw in the first three practices that uh, that we haven't really discussed that much?
1: The only thing that I would say, honestly, in terms of this last practice specifically on Friday, was the fact that with full pads they'll always, the coaches will always preach them running what they call thud tempo. And so they won't be at 100%. They'll be able to do it so they can have a little hitting, but they, they, you just cannot take players to the ground. Mm-hmm. That's just a cardinal sin is, to, is when players hit the ground, that's usually when the coaches just go ballistic. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just flip out. Um, there were moments, a lot of moments today, where guys were hitting the ground. And I even saw a rep during one of the team periods where Michael Penix ended up on the ground. Yeah. Usually, back in the day, if that if your starting quarterback ends up on the ground in a, in a thud tempo situation, you might be running from here until doomsday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that's just a, like I said, a cardinal sin. Yeah. And so there were a lot of guys on the ground today, which I was just like, that someone's going to be doing a lot of extra work yep. in terms of conditioning and stuff, because that's just... They just don't ever want that mm-hmm. to happen. No, um, didn't see a lot of screaming from the coaches on that stuff, but I can guarantee you, there's going to be there's going to be we, some punishment. We for
0: definitely that. haven't seen the reaction from the, this staff that we saw under Jimmy Lake and Chris y- Peterson, yes. and, and Sark and yes. all those guys. Yes, so.
1: usually those guys would go nuts. If there was an issue with that so um, you know it's just one of those things where um, you know they're gonna I'm sure they're gonna have plenty of time they got two two and a half weeks now to, to worry mm-hmm. about that and I know those guys go off for spring break um, I don't know if DeBoer talked at all about the idea of those guys you know really hitting the ground running these last few practices because there was not a lot of time yeah. between the bowl game and the first spring practice I'm so talking to Matteo Mele he mentioned that mm-hmm. and how he was able to still kind of draw on that familiar muscle memory of of playing so that it wasn't completely unfamiliar because when you go into full april and you tack on the the spring break onto it as well that's where all of a sudden it really does feel like you're starting from scratch
0: one thing and we've mentioned this before Kalen DeBoer is just such a different head coach from a mentality standpoint and a personality standpoint than someone like um than someone like chris peterson was or uh, Steve Sarkeesian, or obviously, uh, you know Tyron Willingham or even even Gilby before him, you know. And and I don't know about Rick. I never covered the team under Rick, but yeah. but I was sitting there. I was I, I got here about a half hour before practice started, so I was kind of getting the story posted on the front page that would link to our to our our uh, thread and everything. And he's like, hey, everything good? You know, anything you need or anything like that? And and I was like, "Uh, no, you know? I go, what what have you thought about these first couple days? Just getting his thoughts, you know, off the record kind of stuff. And he basically expressed to me before the practice what he expressed afterwards, which was just, um, really liked the fact that kind of what Melee said was that we had, we've been able to extend almost the, the season. Yeah. by by a couple months because we, we 4 weeks after we finished our bowl game we were doing winter workouts yeah and 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 he said and the players still were able to have that mindset instead of having to start all over again and everything they were they were continuing on from the the mindset of but he also noted he said he said I really like doing this how we break it up but he said next year if all of our seniors all the guys who can leave leave Yeah, he goes we might we we still want to start early like this but he says because if if we're not a veteran team then we might push it back a ways and start later interesting so he said it's really going to be a year-to-year thing on how the how the dynamics of the team work out and and the experience and the level of of leadership that they have
1: yeah because it was it was interesting and i was able to catch the board for a little bit and asked him about the end of practice because of the skirmishes and whatnot. He said one of the things that was really cool about that moment is, obviously, you don't ever want that to happen. You don't want the flags to come, which they came. There were a lot of flags Mm -hmm. um, from the refs today because this was the only practice where the refs have been here in the first three days. But he said the really cool thing is you had guys like Zion. um, I think Jalen Polk was another guy he mentioned. There were some of these leaders that have stepped up and really – taken a hold of that group before the coaches ever had to say a word about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where, you know, you'll find typically historically the best mm-hmm. teams that are out there are the ones that are, that are really kind of player-led and the ones that will hold each other accountable because I've heard in the offseason during the winter conditioning stuff, they have that, that starving board mm-hmm. where those guys are holding each yep. other accountable. And I heard the other thing from the winter conditioning too, is that because they knew that these first practices were coming the beginning of March, that put in even greater emphasis and determination to get what they needed to get done before any of this stuff happened. So there, there was an even greater sense of urgency to try to, to try to make the kind of gains that they would typically make, whereas normally they would have had an extra few weeks to kind of ease into it, whatnot. But it sounds like ratcheting up that timeline really affected these guys in terms of what they wanted to do with strength and conditioning too.
0: So um, just to, from me, from my final thoughts on these first three practices, I think the biggest thing that I saw was, like you, like you mentioned earlier and we talked about, um, the defense definitely held its own. Mm-hmm. And against an offense that is returning all the playmakers that Washington is returning. And return. I mean, Wayne Talapapa is the only main, and then the three interior linemen. Those yep. are the, those are the only guys that left from. Still that Still four starters. It's it is. Yeah. But but you return guys like uh, Mateo Melee, who may not have started, but he got a ton of reps last right. year.
1: And both your tackles. So
0: to, and both your tackles are coming back as well. But you got your entire receiver core. Two that set a record for having two guys over a thousand thousand yards you got your record-setting quarterback who's a Heisman trophy candidate you think that the offense is just going to be able to come out and step right on the field and do something and the like I noted earlier the defense came out with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder they wanted to show people that hey last year in our missed tackles and maybe some of the mistakes that we made is not what we plan to be and, what, and who we are, we're, we're going to be better than that and we're gonna improve. And in year two, you should do that because hopefully you have more guys who understand the system and know the system. And um, that's, that's something that I thought was pretty positive. The other thing that I would say is just, and I was talking with um, some people on the sidelines before, and it sounds cliche to say this, but bigger, stronger, faster. That mm-hmm. this, this team overall, just looks longer, they look bigger, they look stronger, they look faster, and, and they're playing fast because they, you the know, second year in a program, you should play faster.
1: Right. So. And that's one of the other things I wanted to try to figure out too is, you know, the greatest changes and the greatest improvements usually are from year one to year two on the field. Is that the same thing off the field as well? And it sure sounds like that was the case too. Um, to echo your final thoughts with mine, I I, don't, I think absolutely the defense came out with a point to prove. I think it was to show the offense that they weren't going to get pushed around. Mm-hmm. And so I think they wanted to prove to the offense that they, they, they were their equal. And by doing that, they could prove to themselves that they were up to the task. Mm-hmm. And there's enough new bodies in there that... You know, you can see that that there's going to be some changes. But most of the guys that are in there that are new, whether you're talking about Jamar Muhammad, didn't play in a lot of the team periods. Uh, Thaddeus Dixon played more today, Friday, but didn't do as much maybe on on Monday, Wednesday. Zach Durfee really didn't show up at all until today Mm -hmm. and showed some things, but he's kind of flashed and. That was one of the big things going into this year was we weren't sure how that guy was going to be able to jump up to this level from Sioux Falls to from Washington. D2, yeah. That's a that's a big step. But most of the guys that you saw on defense that really were being held to account were all the veteran guys. Mm-hmm. Whether you're and, and, and we're not even talking about you know not having Thule there, not having uh, Fatu'i Tuatele there. You know, almost always on the inside of the ones it was it was MJ Alle and it was Jacob Bandis.
0: Speaking of real quick. You just mentioned his name, MJ Alle. Yeah. New number, too.
1: Yeah, he was wearing 66 instead of 68. I don't know if
0: that's a permanent change or if he just, his jersey got ripped or something. Yeah, and and he now we're going to have to else. stew on it for like yeah. two and a half weeks to find I out. No, I, it just felt silly to ask DeBoer that question, you know, when we have, we have him for such little time, you know, yeah. so you want to get other questions in, but. Yeah, we need to find out what's going on with but, that.
1: But, but my overall thought, my second overall thought, my final one, was the idea that you answered the question because you guys asked DeBoer about it, and I was very curious whether or not DeBoer thinks, based on just his initial impressions and, and gut reaction of these first three practices, whether or not he could see this being a permanent change. And yeah. clearly it, it sounds like it's the dynamic of the team is going to ultimately yeah. dictate how they feel about it.
0: It will, but their preferences... It, all things being equal, that they will start early like this every year. Yeah. But he said it's really going to depend on what the makeup of the team is before we decide that fully. Okay. So,
1: so those are our first three yeah. days of
0: practice. Hard to believe, um, man. What's crazy
1: so is there's only four more practices that we actually get to see in full when they come back on yeah. the 29th, which is the pro day. Which they'll have a practice, but we won't be able to at go that. to it. We will be at the pro day though, and then they'll start on their regular schedule after Friday that. Friday
0: and Monday, so the 31st and the 3rd. Yeah. Um, we will get both of those as fully open to us. And I think Wednesday of that next week on the 5th is fully open, and then the next one isn't open until like a week later or something. Yeah, and
1: like then that, after so. that it's spring. Game. But
0: we still do get player interviews coach interviews all that stuff oh yeah we but, have access to the players yeah, and the coaches but we that'll just be us coming down for you won't have a practice thread like we have
1: right normally so. right so obviously still plenty of things that we can talk about in this coming mm-hmm. week uh, we still have interviews that we're going to be that we're going to be putting out there um, should i tease what we what we were talking about earlier today? Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: So you met with somebody. Yes,
1: I did. I uh, actually got a chance to talk for about 15 minutes with Coach McKeefrey, and I'll try to see whether or not we – I would imagine we try to maybe post that Monday or Tuesday. Um, he gave me a fantastic overview of kind of what was going on behind the scenes during the winter conditioning, and also hopefully at the end a little bit about, you know, in terms of players – um, you know, that we're making bigger gains and whatnot in terms of, um, you know, offense, defense, that kind of stuff too. So um, basically just, up, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much that.
0: People are starting to wander in and, and going to play Looks some like basketball. we got practice going <laughs> yeah, on here exactly. now. Exactly. So, so anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Um, but, you know, um, we'll be back with you guys. We'll be doing more podcasts.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and we also have our promo going on yeah. for the next couple days. So until Monday night. Till Monday night, we have fifty percent off a yearly subscription, and if you want to go month to month, full price. That includes Paramount Plus. Yeah. So you get you have a choice, one or two, depending on how how crazy you want to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's there's that's a fantastic deal. Paramount Plus is basically CBS's streaming service. Yeah. So you get movies, shows, all that stuff, live sports, and everything. So fantastic deal we got going on here. 24 7 so hop on board yeah because we uh, will have a lot going on yeah. even though these first three practices are done we still have a lot of content going on that's going to be spring football related okay.
0: i'm going to wrap things up this is i'm scott ecklin for chris fetters go dogs <laughs>